The following podcast is a W2M Network original production. Visit W2Mnet.com for all of our other great podcasts, plus news, reviews, articles, and opinions from the worlds of wrestling, video games, football, and entertainment. Wrestling to the Max, Monday Night Raw, review. Welcome everybody to Wrestling to the Max's Raw Review for March 20th, 2017. And we, of course, are brought to you by W2Mnet.com. Go check it out for all our great content. Plus, you can also go find all our great content on Wrestling to the Max on iTunes or wherever you find your podcasts. Go subscribe now. And as well as you can go to W2M Network to do it. If you want to find all the other great content you find on the website, it's all there on the W2M Network for audio and all your enjoying pleasure. So, uh, But that's all that we have for that. But what we have for you tonight is a great situation of talking about some Monday Night Raw. And we're going to do that now. I'm your host, Gary Vaughn. Of course, with me is Mr. Paul Ezer. hey and the guy that's going to lead us on this journey, Mr. Sean Garmer. What's up, everybody? Yeah, guys, okay. Well, here we are. We're going to talk Raw. Now, everybody, remember, this is the lead-up to, you know, WrestleMania, the biggest wrestling event of the year. Um, so, beware. We'll tell you more about it. But, Sean, let's go down that path and talk some Raw. The ultimate thrill ride, this was not. Uh... <laughs> more like the ultimate snooze ride yeah. of Raw uh, leading up to Wrestlemania as uh, <clears throat> I'm sorry sometimes you know let's get a joke in there but um, Mick Foley <laughs> he was not joking around uh, to start this show as uh, he basically reads off a bunch of index cards what Triple H and Stephanie wanted him to say that he was taking a leave of absence. Well, he decides uh, that, you know, screw that. I'm not going to just be talking off in his cards because he's Mick freaking Foley. And, you know, so basically he keeps uh he he wants to go on this rant and but they keep cutting his microphone and stephanie comes out and makes fun of him saying that he could never do anything right and basically she ends up firing him and then uh sammy zane comes out to the rescue uh sammy zane gets made fun of uh Basically, Stephanie cutting his balls off, saying that he is not at the level of a guy that can come and interrupt her. Uh, and so Zane thinks about leaving, he doesn't. And so Samoa Joe uh, comes out and makes it to where, well, you are going to have to uh, leave whether you want to or not. And then you find out that it's Mojo versus Sami Zayn right after the break. And this was the last time that the crowd uh, would be uh, pleasant 
because the rest of this show, they were not, so to speak. But this match was was uh, damn good for the time it got, and you know both of them just went back and forth. Uh, balls to the wall. Joe eventually taps out Sami Zayn with the Coquina Clutch. And uh, Joe wins, looking freaking awesome as he has been since he debuted. And Sami Zayn, of course, losing again. But it kind of goes with the Foley storyline, so I don't have a problem with it. But, um, yeah, and then uh, they show McFoley leaving. He hugs Bailey. Uh, you know, the queen of hugs. And then Triple H has to be the total dick and say, Have a nice day. And he leaves. So, yeah, that's your follow-up from last week's ending of Raw. How do you guys think that they pulled it off here? You know, I didn't think it was too bad, to be honest with you. In fact, if I'm going to say there's a more maybe entertaining part of this show, this could be it. I get to understand that, you know, we're going to have this normal thing where Stephanie cuts the guy's balls off. That's normal. That's never going to change. That'll always be there. So there's no sense in complaining about it. There's no sense. It's just that that's what we get. Um, but I, I do enjoy McFoley. You know, I wonder if, sorry. I wonder if because she can't cut Triple H's balls off, she has to like get that sensation from doing that to the talent. So that like there has to be a reason that this is just in here. Well, she owns right? this. That's the that's the problem. Is she already owns this? She doesn't have to cut him off. She castrated him a long time ago, but she's got to find other people now because you know he's tied down now. He has no choice in this matter. You know. So she's just, you know, it's kind of like a serial killer in a way. It's like, ah, uh, I got my first. Now I got to get more. It's harder and harder as the time goes by, but I still got to get more. Jeez. So. I mean, I'm not saying that I know anything about that. I'm not saying that I have personal experience in. Uh, let's move on. Uh, but let's talk about. <laughs> wow. <laughs> let's go on and talk. <laughs> let's talk about the fact that you're right. You know, this is something where I think Mick Foley actually had a pretty good segment himself in this whole thing. It's very believable. It's the, it's the whole corporate thing, right? You know, he's got to read off the cue cards and blah, blah, blah. But then they cut his mic. It's very believable. If, you know, let's just say a guy was to actually do this and just throw away the script and actually go. That's exactly what they would do, right? They'd cut his mic. They'd come out there, do whatever they could address it. So I appreciated all that. I, even that <coughs> long segment where you have McFoley walking down the hallway and shaking hands and all that stuff, and then, of course, you know, seeing Triple H at the end. I, I think all that was a good part of this show, and it was kind of a good conclusion to this part of it, if you want to say it that way. This is all supposing that Mick Foley is not going to be around at WrestleMania, which I think he's having hip surgery, so not sure he will or will not be at WrestleMania. So in, in all, this was not bad. And including the Sami Zayn thing in here, it makes sense. Sami Zayn is one of those guys that, you know, you could totally see in that role of, I'm going to step up for the guy that's getting screwed over. I'm the little guy. I'm used to it. So I'm going to help out somebody else in this situation. So overall, I enjoyed it. I have I to think, think Foley is going to show up, though, because you know Joe and 
Owens are going to get involved in that match. Or at least Joe will. Uh, I don't know. I, I don't know, and I only say that because the way they've built all of this around Triple H and Stephanie and Foley here, like, there, there's not a, a whole ton of investment going the other way onto the guys who are actually going to be in the ring outside of Kevin Owens and Chris Jericho's long-storied friendship that's sort of blowing up. Everything else is sort of background pieces or, you know, parts that people really want to pay attention to, but you don't have a lot of exposition and storytelling going on with them, which is very unfortunate. But I think, uh, I mean, just to me, it feels like they're focusing so much on this that it's it's hurting the overall interest in the raw portion of the card unless you care about Roman Reigns or unless you care about Brock Lesnar and Goldberg. Everything else is just sort of shuffled to the side. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I get that. I mean, you're right. Everything else is kind of pushed to the side. And they want to focus on those big matches. Those, those are the people they want to focus on. And this storyline, I think, only was good to non this episode of Raw because of what reason? That, of that exact reason. Everything else doesn't matter. And you're not going to get Brock Lesnar Goldberg on this show. And you're going to get a little bit of Roman Reigns, not a ton. So what do they have to focus on this besides the rest of it? So I think that's why this stood out as being a positive thing for me. Otherwise, maybe I don't like it as much. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I like, you know, the Foley being Jim thing has always kind of been hit and miss, so this was kind of expected. I think we all knew it was sort of the charade from the beginning, right? We expected that Triple H and Stephanie were going to eventually assume power at some point, that they were just delaying the inevitable, so, okay, here we go. Uh, It kind of sucks, because... It had been fun to not have the authority on Raw completely mm-hmm. for a while. Like, it, you know, it felt fresh. And now it's like, okay, well, here we go again. We have the authority. Right. And it's like, uh, are they going to just continue this again after... It's over, you know, after WrestleMania, we're going to go back to the same old, same old, because are they, is it because of ratings or what it is, but, you know, um, I mean, Mick Foley always finds a way to make himself compelling, so that's not the problem here, uh, it's just, you know, the thing is, as we find out during the, I, I guess I should have tied this all in too, is the Triple H promo that happens later after we have this sort of interview with uh, Rollins' doctor where he says, well, Rollins is having a ridiculous rehab, but I don't think he's ready for WrestleMania. And if he does show up at WrestleMania and has a match, then he will wind up back here the next day. Basically saying he's just, he'd be going to re-injure himself. And so Triple H has the promo... And, you know, he dogs Rollins' injury again. 
he uh, even makes fun of like it's a bad sort of uh, joke that he says, but you know, uh, I think uh, Triple H did a great job of keeping the crowd involved, uh, and and that he probably did the best of anyone to make sure that they didn't, you know, stray too far off, uh, keeping it on topic. Uh, making sure to involve Rollins, but the thing is, people didn't care about Rollins. That's the that's been the entire problem in this this feud is that people don't care that much about Seth Rollins. So you know, hopefully WrestleMania will will change things because you have a different crowd there. But uh, you know, maybe Brooklyn was just being a completely obnoxious but I just again they've just done such a poor job with Rollins with this mm-hmm. his face run that when it comes down to the money part of it you're not getting the reaction that you need it doesn't hurt that he's always injured <laughs> let's be honest I mean his injury situation has really affected him you know, I, I think you're going to see the same thing with Finn Balor to an extent when he comes back. I mean, he's going to be starting from the ground up again. And Seth I think Rollins Finn's different, though. He's out for a long, long, long time. He'll probably get the initial Rollins reaction. But it's about how they deal with that and what they do afterwards. You know, whereas mm-hmm. with Rollins, they botched it. Yeah, you're right. But, you know, also the thought process on, you know, Finn Balor is, you know, he came in as a baby face. He's going to come back in as a baby face. You know, Rollins was making that, trying to make that quick turn into the face after being a heel for so long and, you know, getting out of that injury. I don't know. I I just think that people have to get reinvested in Seth Rollins, and it's not going to happen overnight. And that's the problem here is that do you really care about Seth Rollins? You just don't know if you do. And not only that, do you really care about seeing him face Triple H? I don't know if I do. I'm personally not screaming and crying excited to see Triple H back in the ring. Yeah, sure. I mean, I enjoy Triple H in his heyday, but I honestly could care less. Just like I'm not really caring about Shane McMahon wrestling at WrestleMania that is not why I'm going to watch WrestleMania. It's fine if you have it there. If we have, it's, it's one of those. If I have to have it, I'll take it. That's the way I feel about Triple H. The way I feel about this, and kind of the way I feel about Seth Rollins, to be honest with you. I I think I'm kind of in the other camp from you guys. I I think there is some heat for Seth because that return at Angle last week, uh, or the week before, or whenever it was, whenever he came out with the crutch and then tossed it aside. Like, the pan, they, they pop pretty huge for him. So I think there's interest here. I just don't think they've done a spectacular job, e- even before all of this started going down, of really showing you and really getting you jazzed for this match. They waited too long, and I think that's where a lot of maybe some apathy is coming from for a lot of, of fans uh, in this situation. I don't think it's necessarily Seth's fault. I think he's done an admirable job for what they've tried to get him to be and to do and, and all these other things. But I think it's it's just more of that waiting forever to do this has really taken some of the edge off of this. And that's, that's sort of where you're getting, uh, I think, where a lot of people are coming from. 
And I don't think you're wrong with that assessment either because it is that whole thought process of, man, they, they we've already should have already had this a long time ago. They drug this out. They drug this out. It's it's so much that now I'm kind of my interest is faded. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, I think, you know, like you're saying, a lot of people feel that way too. So, I mean, it, it'll be nice that they'll get this out of the way. But I just kind of hate it too because we had to play the injury angle. And usually in wrestling, the injury angle is kind of a fun little thing. But for this one, they're they're just throwing all these the doctor out there, all this different stuff. And then I'm just like, oh my god, I kind of feel like I already know what's going to happen at WrestleMania, and I don't just leave it up in the air. Say, is he going to be okay? Isn't it? I I think the intrigue would be better if you give less information than throwing all this other stuff in our face. Yeah. I mean, this is, uh, it's just, like what Paul said, I mean, it's, they waited so long on Rollins, they messed up at the beginning anyway, and, you know, when you go against the grain so much, sometimes it doesn't work out easily the other way, uh, you know, they gave him that big reaction, I think, on, was it last week or a couple weeks ago? But, uh, you know, each crowd is different, and it doesn't remain consistent throughout. Uh, that's that's an issue, too. So you mm-hmm. have to get that to remain consistent with everybody. Um, and, you know, you would hope for him that it does, and you hope WrestleMania is that one thing that finally changes it. But, uh, you know, they have to remain consistent with his character, and they can't have him keep, like... The way he cuts a promo, still heel promo, the way that he says certain things, you know, his wrestling has is, is always been uh, sort of almost face in the way that he does so many moves and, and all that kind of stuff, but it's just, you know, you have to take all the things into account, too, before you make that decision to go one way or the other, instead of just okay, well, we're trying so hard to keep things the way they were and, instead of being natural with stuff. And sometimes being natural with things, uh, like we've said with Roman for so many like years now, and perhaps WWE is finally realizing it, um, even though not really, because they made sure, the one thing they made sure to do was to mute the crowd when Roman came out. In fact, they made sure that they didn't even have Roman do his entrance. Uh, they He did it during the commercial. So, you know, it is what it is, I guess. Vince will be yeah. still be his stubborn-ass self. <laughs> yeah, true about that. I want to say this real quick before we move on. Seth Rollins, uh, that segment next week will be very important. It's going to be a, a really important time for him and Triple H both to really get people on board to care and to really get excited. If they can do that, I think they go into WrestleMania strong. If they flop, don't be, you know, wondering why no one really cared when that match takes place at WrestleMania. Yeah, Yeah, you know, Roman and Braun just absolutely bored me to tears, to be honest with you. It was slow, it was plotting, and, uh, I don't, you know, nobody really gave a shit until they started doing the Undertaker stuff. So, <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> but you know, you, you knew what was going to happen. I think to an extent, but then again, maybe not. I was a little bit more surprised. Here we go again. You no, know, Roman Reigns is the kryptonite to Braun Strowman. No one else can really do that to him. And you know, right before you know, Roman Reigns and the Empire fall upon the mighty Braun Strowman. Uh, Undertaker, you know, does his thing and. Uh, you've got to have this happen. I know popular, you know, people who hate Roman Reigns are going to say, well, man, why, why, you know, this just made him look, but you need him to look good. You need him to feel strong because if you're going to believe that he's going to take on Undertaker and win, he's got to look good against Taker and Braun Strowman. He's got to be against, you know, some of the strongest guys on the roster. So I don't have any arguments against it. It's just like Paul said, it was kind of predictable, just kind of the whole hum. Yeah. I mean, nothing super exciting. Yeah, it's, oh, God. I mean, it doesn't help that the crowd just didn't give a crap. They were muted. Uh, and also, in muting the crowd makes you not care. Because it's like, it, may, it goes, okay, well, <laughs> why do I need to care about this? If you're mm-hmm. telling me that the crowd already doesn't, uh, you know. Uh, yeah. So it's just well, this just felt like it didn't have much energy, and mm-hmm. then you, you waited until explicitly after eleven o'clock to air this too. Like you waited until the overrun to do this match because why? Like just just why? It makes me laugh so hard that they cut SmackDown off. At 10, no matter what happens, but Raw has to have this 15 to 20 minute overrun. Like, it's just, it's amazing to me. Like, do you not realize how long your show is already? That you have to do this? It's like... (coughs) Yeah, you're not wrong. But uh, it's just one of those where I mean, my God, I mean, you already got three hours. You're trying to invest people for three hours, and then you, oh, hey, guess what? Let's add another fifteen to twenty minutes to that, and uh, you'd be excited because the last thing you're going to hear is Roman's music, and you know, at least tonight you didn't, you know, it was takers. But I mean, compared, I mean, still, it was almost that case. So I don't know. Uh, this didn't have to be the strongest raw, I guess, in the world, but I mean. The ending was decent, but the match itself was, ugh. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'll say that at least the crowd popped for Taker, and it could have just been because he's out there to try to kick Roman Reigns' ass, but... Oh, they went insane. Like, my God, Mm -hmm. I I felt like it just went... Well, that's probably because they popped the music, the, the crowd volume back up. As soon as he came out. But, like, it felt like this just explosion happened when he came out. I was like, holy crap, this is insane. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. Yeah, they 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 loved it. Um, and, and, really, I think that was the most energy I heard during that third hour was for that. But I I still am not overly excited about the match. I think it'll be fine. But I'm not... I'm not really jazzed at all about it, to be to be honest. Well, I, you know, I have my fears about it as well. I mean, there's 
some situations where we've seen that Taker has not been in his top of uh, his game. Mm-hmm. And and that's at WrestleMania, of course, when he's you know usually there wrestling. And um, I just get a little worried. I mean, I, I think Roman Reigns is doing better. He's definitely grown as a wrestler. He's worked very hard to get to that point. But uh, I don't know if I'm sold on it either. We'll see. I mean, they they may surprise us. Yeah, very true. Um, so let's move on to the other things that happened on this show, which. Let's be honest, there weren't really a whole lot more things because there was quite a few video packages here. Uh, I did mention the two women's matches. Uh, they had Charlotte take on Dana Brooke. Charlotte pretty much disposed of Dana. Uh, this is where we got our first uh, We Want Page chant here. Uh, so we'll talk about that more if depending on what order you listen to this in our course, we know what happened with Paige and the, the video leaks and the pictures and all that. We're going to talk about that on the regular uh, W10 Part 1 uh, episode. But um, you had this. This was, uh, you know, Dana was really on f- uh, fire here. Look, the crowd did not give a crap about this, but... I thought Dana looked good here as far as just constantly going after Charlotte, being pissed at her, you know, all the things you want from somebody that's really angry about this view. But it's just like, on what planet? And I think they could have pulled this off when they were originally doing this, you know, back, God, I forgot how many months ago it was. Dana was actually getting... A face reaction at certain points during that. If, if I think if we all remember, like they they carried this on so long to do the turn that I think just people just said okay, like who gives a crap, you know? Yeah. And uh, then you had Nia Jackson Bailey, which I mentioned they they had. I thought it was actually a decent match here. Um, And, again, this is where I think the crowd just... Look, I'm going to be honest here. I think a lot of people's feelings toward a lot of these matches, other than, you know, like, some that were just kept short, the crowd just being totally not giving a shit, also sort of makes you not give a shit either. So as much as you want to care about the match, and I think the only people that really cared are the ones that have to watch this or something like us, where we have to talk about this show and we have to like fight through the negative things to, to try to find positive things sometimes. And I think this is one of them where... This maybe wouldn't wasn't the best Bailey and I Jax match, but I don't know. I didn't think it was just flat out boring, um, where it merited the crowd just totally crapping on it from the word go either. Yeah, and you know it's one of those where I, I was looking for this to happen. It did happen, and I'm glad it did because I think Nia Jax being a part of a Fatal Four Way at WrestleMania is a good thing. I don't think it's a bad thing at all. So I'm I'm really happy about that. 
the way that Bailey was in this match. She didn't look like she was just awful. But I mean, you are having your women's champion get you know tossed around pretty good. I mean, honestly, let, let's look at that picture and say, you know, usually they don't let the champion get beat down as much as they did here with Nia Jackson. So I, I think that's just proof in the pudding of what they want to do. I don't hate it. Uh, Bailey is still doing her thing, right? She's still trying to get the crowd behind her. She hugged Mick earlier in the night. And then, of course, she had a little talk with Stephanie and told Stephanie, I used to look up to you and all that kind of stuff. So she's trying her best to get people to, you know, buy into her, to buy into the fact that she's just sweet Bailey and she just wants to do all the right in the world. She's kind of doing what Sami Zayn's doing in a way, right? They're playing off that, we're good people. I'm a nice person. I'm a Dudley Do-Right. Just love me. And I think that's who she's trying to pull off here, too. And it's fine. It's not great. It's not what I want to see, per se. It's Bailey, but I don't know. Um, but outside of that, I, I do want to point, Sean, you made a great point about Dana Brooke. And the Dana Brooke thing, I think, really also kind of goes with hand in hand, like the Seth Rollins thing. You know, she took time off. She went and I think she may have been injured at one time, but I do know that she went and worked uh, at the Arnold uh, Classic. I think she, you know, actually did some stuff there. So she took her time off, which doesn't help. When you're not around, especially when you're not a character that people really, let's be honest with, have a lot invested in, it's really hard for them to care even, you know, after you take a long hiatus. So this is fine. I mean, you knew that Charlotte was going to win just because, I mean, my God, if they would have had Charlotte lose, she doesn't go to the, the you know, the title match at WrestleMania. So I, I hope the best for Dana Brooke. I, I think that they can do something with her because we've seen in the past, there is, like Sean said, there's proof in the pudding that she can have a baby face run. But we'll see if that takes place. But they, all this was a setting up for WrestleMania. I think uh, Dana Brooke and Charlotte really suffered from a poorly planned out match of having Dana go on a freaking run and then Charlotte just absolutely ends her with one big boot and they call it a day. It's real hard to get behind a baby face when they lose that easily. Uh, I'm not saying they need to have a knockout drag out fight, but at least make Charlotte work for it somewhat. Just don't let her roll Dana completely. I think Nia and Bailey was what it sort of needed to be. Nia looks strong. She's in the match now. Uh, I I think I was a, a larger fan of the three-way, but Nia can add a dynamic that the other three can't, and obviously they're high on doing something with Nia in the future. So I, I, I'm not overly excited for that match either, uh, which really speaks to, I think, about three-quarters of the WrestleMania card, but I, I think it still could have the potential to be a really great match. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, you made the point about Charlotte against Dana. I think even right here, what we got, I'm, I'm trying to, I'm blanking on the finisher, but the finisher that was used on Bailey was not, you know, the strongest finisher itself. And mm-hmm. so I, I think, uh, at the end of the day, they were telling us that, Hey, you know, this is what we're doing. This is why we want to do it. But, I agree with you to the point. I mean, they didn't do any favors for Dana Brooke. This really didn't do a lot of favors for Bailey either, to be honest with you. I really don't think it did, but their no, goal was just to This match opinion. didn't need to happen, honestly. Nia should have been added weeks ago. Mm-hmm. When Nia had the first shot at winning, because she's already beaten Bailey before, she's already beaten Sasha before. 
when she had that first shot, they should have put her in then instead of giving it to Sasha and then putting the storyline through. And and then you just have Nia beating people again, you know, maybe beating up Bailey backstage and beating up Sasha and having sort of stare-offs with Charlotte. And then, you know, you still have the 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 big you know the main three just kind of going having their thing that they have with each other and you can still involve Bailey in the Nick Foley thing if you want to but you know for me it's just like I Nia needed to be a bit more involved and this it just feels like a total oh we're just adding her now because we sort of had the idea of going with the triple threat for a little bit, and then decided, oh no, we need to add Nia again. And it's, it's again, it's just that poor planning deal of not having something set and not, you know, sticking with something. Just mm-hmm. it it rubs off on your show, and it's not good. Mm-hmm. It's not. Uh, the cruiserweights had two matches here. Um, the Brian Kendrick beat TJP again, and my analysis on Twitter was, good lord, how far has TJ Perkins fallen? Uh, And just, this felt like it was nothing. Uh, I mean, why? You could have just had Brian Kendrick come out and do his lesson thing and take up another minute delivering it and it would have done just as much uh for me anyway I, like i don't see why tjp needed to take another loss and look stupid here it's almost and, like he uh you know did something wrong or they just all of a sudden heard a few fans complain against him and then they said oh well yeah we don't like him either you know ha 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 no i think it's like vince finally th- finally figured out that he thinks the video game stuff is stupid mm-hmm. and that so, oh, well, we're just going to bury him because TJP is not a, he's not a talker. So, we're, we'll bury him. Uh, which, look, I get it. WWE, you got to have both to be something. But this is supposed to be the different division. You know, it's supposed to be the, the division about, you know, action and wrestling and stuff. Not what everything else is in WWE, but, you know, Vince doesn't want to do it that way, so, you know. Yeah. Uh, it, I mean, it's it's also because the show is not doing well, so he's going back to his, well, this is how I know how to book, so we're going to treat everything the same, and we're going to try to get the people over that, that get over normally in WWE. Like, for say, in Austin Aries, who got a good pop when he came out. But again, they were so focused on having to mute the crowd because of other stuff that uh, Austin Aries and and Tony Nese's match suffered here. Um, my problem with this is that Austin Aries is supposed to keep telling people that he's Above the Neville level, but somehow he's struggling to beat Tony Nese. 
So, how is he above Neville again? Explain that to me, because I I don't I got a loss there. And then he has little, he interrupts Neville coming out to basically telling him the same thing. You know, I, I get that, and I understand where you're coming from. The one thing I will say is, I, I've said this plenty of other times before, Tony Nese is going to be your future Cruiserweight champion. It's just, it's we're biding our time till it happens. Once we get past all these names that we know very well, and we know, you know, of course, Austin Aries, we know Neville very well, he's the guy that's going to come up and grab, you know, that title eventually. And until then, he's got to look good. And they did a good job of making him look good at the beginning here. I, I hated the end. I completely, and I know people, you're, you're probably going to say, what the heck? I completely hated the domination that Austin Aries had at the end. That made, let's be honest, that made Nice look terrible. That made him look like TJP. I, I just felt like, oh my god! So now it goes from this guy looking pretty darn good, like he compete with one of the best cruiserweights, to he looks like an idiot. He looks like he's, you know, um, Zack Ryder or something like that. Where it's, hey, I'm here to get squashed. Just do five moves on me, play around with your hands, and you win. That's exactly what happened. Austin Aries was uh, doing hand motions for like 15 minutes back and forth before he even pinned him. So I, I just think it was goofy. It was kind of silly. And I don't like Austin Aries. I just think they did not help Tony Nese at all here. They made him look like an idiot. Uh, I mean, TJP is, isn't the focus of the show, show anymore. And that's, I think that's sort of where he's going. He's a guy who they built up. He has a name. And letting whoever is a, part, a big part of the show right now beat him is, is going to help them more right now. And I just sort of think that's where they're at. When it comes to the Austin Aries match, they, they've been a little, I don't want to say shaky. It's almost like they don't trust him. Like, he's having these matches, and he's winning them, of course, but he's not looking dominant. He's not really looking like he is that cut above that he keeps saying, like Sean is saying, but at the same time, he is winning, and Neville hasn't exactly looked like he's a cut above everybody he's coming against either. So, I mean, it's just, I think, typical grandstand. I, I did not like the promo, though. I thought it was very stilted, very stale, very heard it all before, and it's... I, I'm interested in the match, because I think it will be good wrestling-wise, but as far as build goes, I've gone from excitement to very ho-hum, like, here's here's these guys to say the same thing over again. So hopefully on 205 Live, they come at this from a different angle and try to, to reinvigorate it some. Yeah, and they, they need to, for sure. I, I will say this. I do appreciate the fact that Neville is to, is made to be the top dog, the guy that, you know, has all the power at this moment. He's the big boss. That's what's fun about this. I mean, you have Austin Aries as being kind of the last hope. Kind of the last of the Mohicans who I can say it, the last of the Mohicans who can come out and take care of business compared to this rest of this roster who's been un- unable to dethrone Neville. So we'll see. I mean, I, I do appreciate that. Yeah, um, I I totally agree with you there, Gary. Uh, but uh, moving on here. Uh, we have the uh, Cesaro and Sheamus 
versus uh, Cass, Enzo, Gauss, and Anderson. It's a four-on-two handicap match. If Cesaro and Sheamus lose, they are out of the tag title match at WrestleMania. I should mention that after McFoley gets, you know, relieved of his duty, Stephanie becomes, you know, Stephanie, the uh, the Stephanie we know and love all the all the time, uh, to all the faces uh, on this show, and this is part of her being vindictive. This doesn't even go anywhere. It's like 45 seconds, which I again. I just don't see the point in doing this uh, at all. Why? If we're not even going to have the match and not even going to add any kind of possible, oh, well, this happened and whatever, if we're just going to, oh, the tag champs just attack Enzo and Cass and then, oh, they're distracted because of that, so... Seamus hits a bro kick and we win. It's like, what? Is is your mission to make Gauss Anderson look dumb every week on Raw? Like, what? What do you gain? How does that help your talent at all? I, just, I do not understand this. It's like Vince must just get himself off on these things of... How can I amuse myself on on Raw every week? Let's put in a couple of things to amuse myself because there is just no other explanation for this other than that. Just none. Yeah. Uh, it's the, the tag team division on Monday, Monday nights is awful. I mean, this Raw tag division is just the, the worst. It's boring. I have no care in the world about it. I mean, you're you're probably right, Sean. This may be the a cruel joke. Uh, it's got to be right because the way that they treat these guys, I, it's like, hey, how bad did we treat them last week? We'll find a way to make them look worse. And not only that, I could just see Vince on the phone to Japan every week going, "Ha ha! Did you see what we did to Gallows and Anderson? Ha ha ha! Click, hang up." Uh, you know, it, it's just ridiculous. I, I'm just sick of it. Who oh, fall? Like, could you see? Vince trying to find somebody to like uh Albert tells him talks to ghetto and it's like call that dude again Albert and tell him how we fucked with their gals and Anderson just just keep telling him get up while he just hangs with the phone it's, <laughs> I don't give I'm a shit I'm too busy man. making money yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, this this for- tag is is very pointless, other than serving a br- brief reminder that these three teams are not fans of each other, and that Enzo or that Cesaro and Sheamus, who were a Foley creation, play fodder to Stephanie McMahon once again, playing into a feud that will have zero payoff at any point ever, and Raw is constantly built around it. Thank you, WWE. Right. Uh, the only thing that we haven't talked about is the highlight reel, which I thought this was actually good from Jericho because, again, like, I, I want to make this point clear. 
that the only people that were able to hold the crowd's attention tonight were Triple H, Samoa Joe, and Sami Zayn in their match, and Chris Jericho. That's it. And Undertaker. That's it. Everybody else, and we're talking about three Attitude Era part-timers here. Well, Jericho's full-time for now. But three Attitude Era guys and and two that are just loved from from like having wrestled around in that area and, and everything else and it was also the very the only like one match that was made possibly with Brooklyn in mind at all. Everything else, current era guys and, and women did not give a total crap about. And I mean, look, I think this crowd is just being totally obnoxious. And I think they might have set out to be obnoxious. And that's that's fine. But this is a smarky crowd. And and I and I think we should expect them to be better than this. But this is also sort of following that casual line of not caring about all of your talent that's going to be around for the next year where Jericho, you know, he's going to do his thing where he goes off at Fozzie sometimes. Triple H is going to be around, of course, but he's not going to be wrestling. So he's not going to be hyping himself up like this like he is right now. And, you know, uh, Foley, who knows what's going to be going on with him. And, and Undertaker, he's going to be gone. So, you know, that's that's scary if you're WWE. Uh, you know, I don't know if that makes, I don't, you know, Vince doesn't ever seem to care, it seems like, but, unless it involves Roman Reigns, but, I just want to point that out, that, that's, that's an important thing here, uh, but Jericho, uh, he, uh, I, I love the fact that Jericho is so great, that he has changed that phrase of his from the drink it in man to the Friends of Jericho, cheer me on, man. And people would still do it. It's just... Jericho is, is amazing. Like, I, I don't... I don't know what, like, fountain of youth he hit when he decided to come back this time, but he... He drunk that in. And it engulfed him, because everything he's done during this run has been just bam 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 nothing fails for this guy but uh you know once again he, he says stuff about the jerick you know kevin owens uh putting him in the hospital he wants that time back uh he points out the owens picture with him in the y2j shirt with having all the posters i do like how they sort of disfigured sunny in the poster behind him so that you could, he didn't have to say that that was Sunny in that picture, but that's a Sunny poster. And, yeah, I mean, so, you know, then Joe showed up and Kevin Owens attacked him and pop-up powerbomb, and there you go. Uh, I think it's, again, an effective segment that gets heat on Kevin Owens. Jericho gets to get crowd reaction, face crowd reaction. And more set up for your match at at uh, 
WrestleMania. Yeah. I, I could have said it better myself. I mean, Sean just hit on all the things that I kind of took away from this, and that's why I really enjoyed it. And, you know, Jericho, you know, as long as he's been around and a guy that, you know, just has been a dependable veteran, he continues and continues to rebuild, regenerate his character over and over and over again. And I love the fact that he touched on some of his past catchphrases like the Ayatollah of rock and roll, things like that to kind of throw in here because he's talking about Kevin Owens and his youth and, you know, Maybe, you know, who, you know, Jericho used to be like, you know, he's a sexy beast. He said that brought some of those old things out. So I really enjoyed that. I appreciated that. And it was kind of something that made this even more special. Overall, I mean, I I thought that they did a good job with this. I'm I'm really happy with it. Uh, Gary said the thing I was going to say about Jericho, his ability to reinvent himself and find a way to keep himself relevant is really what makes him one of the all-time greats. This promo is a great example of why this feud and this match for WrestleMania is probably so hyped as it is, because it's well-built. Owens has had a chance to say his piece. Jericho now has a chance to say his piece and then gets attacked for it, because Owens is a, a giant dick. And it just it works uh, so well. It's got history. It has life to it. And I just... I can't speak well enough about how well they've done with this feud. Whether it's accidental or on purpose, they're knocking this one out of the ballpark. One of the few things I think you could say about Raw. Yeah, I totally agree with that. And one thing, you know, Paul, you you did a good job there because you reminded me of something that I, I want to let people know. And if you watch Monday Night Raw and you do like Kevin Owens and you think he's a jerk on screen, on TV, when it's live, you need to go to YouTube or go to WB.com. And go watch when they do some of these backstage interviews. And in fact, on our episode, Wrestling to the Max, episode 239, part one, we're going to have a little clip. And it's just a clip. It's edited of his uh, little promo backstage on a little video package. You need to go check those out because, man, he is such a jerk, even especially when it's not on the actual show. So it's fun. He's great at it. And That's probably I, I think he's that ad-libbing. He may- there yeah you're probably right but just just like with the interviewer and i didn't put this on our intro but he tells him to get on his knees get down to his level because you know he's sitting down <laughs> and basically basically they stands up and says what are you doing on your knees you're weird um so i love that about him and, and i think that he's going to take the formula i hope he's going to take the formula that we've seen jericho do and that's like you know we keep talking about he's regenerating his character he's redoing it just to be better so I'm glad. I'm I'm really happy. This this is one of the strong points of what's going on here on Raw. Well, Kevin Owens is like one of the last true. I I you know like along with the Miz of understanding. I'm a heel. I need to do heel things. I don't care if the crowd boos me. I don't need to be cool. My job is to make you hate me. I'm going to do what I need to do to get you to hate me. You know, as much as I don't like the guy, Mike Bennett had a really good tweet that I retweeted. He said he was talking to the indie wrestling talent. You know, he said, look, uh, guys, uh, you don't have to go hug and shake hands with 
every guy you wrestle after the match. You can hate the other guy. That's totally okay. Or you can hit them and have them hate you. You know, it is about mm-hmm. characters after all. So, you know, and, and Kevin Owens gets that. And and Jericho mm-hmm. gets that, obviously being an old school guy. But, like, you know, WWE has, and, and just wrestling in general, has very few ultra heels anymore. You know, like, like that's why Lashley works so well in TNA, because why? Because he doesn't give a crap if you hate him or not. He yeah, knows he's a badass dude. Just like, like Brock, we hate him, but he doesn't give a crap either. Joe doesn't give a crap either. Like, that's why they're so good. Because they're not sitting there worried about, they're, they're sitting there doing their job. And 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 they don't care about whether oh my god the crowd has to like me or or uh, I have to make sure I do this cool move or, or whatever. It's like look, you can have your subset of fans or whatever based on what you do, but make sure that you're delivering the side of of the coin that you're on, you know. And I think that got lost in the shuffle somewhere, but you know. I think that yeah. d- definitely Kevin Owens needs to be commended for that because on Twitter he he still does it and it's great. He's a master of Twitter. Like that dude knows how to use that platform. Like few others I've seen. God, him, his shots on Goldberg are hilarious. <laughs> oh just, boy, man, he he unloads on stuff, but uh. Yeah, <laughs> even like I think they the the PR people messed up on on uh, like a picture of like it's supposed to be Roman and Braun, and they had a it said Braun Strowman, but it had Kevin Owens' picture there. <laughs> he he had a really good one for that too. Uh, it was great. I love it. It's it's awesome. Uh oh! Well, I forgot to mention the. Uh, I saw a lot of people upset about this on Twitter, and of course, this has been a whole big ordeal anyway, but, um, you know, New Day, they were given a pre-taped promo so that they could just shut off the crowd completely, Uh, even though you could hear New Day (sighs) instead of, you know, replace the... uh, S with the F, and you you know what I'm saying here, but uh, they start, a lot of people did not care for the way that they started the promo with Woods sort of acknowledging that there's something that's been happening, but not saying it and saying WrestleMania instead, where they ask him, hey, is something you need to talk to us about? And, you know, I don't know that that needed to really even be in there. Um, But again, like, it just depends on how big this really is, and, and we don't know. Uh, because, again, like, we've there's been so many times where you think, Social media makes something big and it never reflects on the ratings. Or social media makes something big and you go on Raw and nobody 
chants anything or whatever, but they were in a crowd where they were going to chant it. But either way, you know, the promo was what it was. It lasted about two minutes, but, uh, you know, I just I just thought that yeah. was sort of interesting of people were really just not happy about that they even made any kind of allusion to it at all. Uh, I don't know why you would care. I mean, really, honestly, I, I think I'd rather than acknowledge it to some point because it happened. I mean, it's nothing you could do about it now. So it let it be known to an extent without saying anything. Then, of course, you know, this show is still PG, right? So you're not saying anything, but you're alluding to something that's very real. Um, you know, uh, they do this in comic book movies. Maybe not be about the exact same topic, but they make reference to things that, you know, the normal kids don't understand, but other people do that, you know, read comics, things like that. It's okay for them to do this in wrestling too. I mean, not a big deal. Hey, trust me. It's the best thing probably about this whole entire promo was dumb, but what are the new day right now? Dumb. They have nothing to offer you really. Um, so yeah, I mean, I don't have a lot to say about it. I don't, I didn't even care about this. I was kind of bored. Uh, I found it, Funny personally, I would rather them at least. I, I know acknowledging it is probably not what a lot of people want, or whatever, because that way you'll keep the damage low and, and people trying to figure this out if they aren't on, you know, plugged into the internet and, and all that stuff. You know, it keeps them sort of from away and trying to find out about it. But Xavier Woods, the entire time that this senses portion of all that has come out has been either making jokes or just sort of rolling with it and yeah for for me i i think i prefer that as to outright just not acknowledging it It exists what happened to them was illegal it was not their fault i i'm okay with it yeah exactly so you know uh, yeah, it's it's just funny. It's funny how like Xavier has just been taking a total, you know, kind of thought on it. Of you know, hey, it's it's not their fault. They didn't sit there and put him out intentionally. So he feels like what's the point? I mean, also you know he did get uh, a million. Uh, subscribers on his Up Up Down Down uh, mm-hmm. channel, whatever. So, you know, that's good for him too. It shows that he is, this whole thing has been working for him that he's been doing, and it's been helping WWE as well. So, you know, uh you can also, I think there's also a little bit of, does he feel like maybe he won't, he won't get punished because New Day are so big or whatever, but we're not talking about that on this podcast, but I'm just saying like, uh, I think WWE sort of, they, they let him do it because it's, it's a pre-tape and the crowd they can shut up the crowd, so it doesn't matter. You can get mad all you want on, on the internet, but it's not gonna do anything. So, you know, 
let's uh, mm-hmm. let's go ahead and get into a rating for this show. All right. Yeah, for me personally, I think this show was just kind of a setup show. Really, honestly, the best things on it for me were just really, honestly, the talky segments. The matches were nothing special. It really didn't have so much to offer you that you were just super excited. There were so many video packages and things like that. I mean, uh, it was tough at times to get through. Um, But I'm going to give it a 5 out of 10. I, I guess I can't really blame them because it is close to WrestleMania. But yeah, outside of that, it's yeah, five's where I'm going. Uh, I think outside of the first hour and a couple of other segments here or there, there is not a whole lot to sink your teeth into, unless you are just diehard into the Stephanie McFoley thing, which I don't think a lot of people are. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm leaning more towards the Red Heart special, four out of ten. That's where I'm going to. I think uh, this is this is uh, what it is. It's it's just sometimes this happens a lot with this WrestleMania. It's happening. I think honestly, with all the injuries that have happened, and with all the injuries that have happened in the past, they're getting a lot more weary about having big matches with a lot of the, the wrestlers wrestling in the weeks building to WrestleMania because they don't want to, oh, they all got injured and crap. They got injured on Raw. You know, give them, give them a night mm-hmm. off from wrestling where you can, uh, especially because they still have to do house shows, mm-hmm. you know, uh, until they get to that week of WrestleMania or whatever, so... Uh, I don't have a problem with it. It's just, yeah, this is kind of what you're going to get, right? At this point, you are just kind of watching these shows because they're there and you're watching WrestleMania or you're not. Yeah, you're right. That's exactly the truth, so we'll have to continue. Yeah. Well, uh, we are going to get out of here, um, but that is this week's Raw for everyone. Uh, don't forget, if you want to hear more about us talking about the page situation and all that, you're going to find that on episode 239, part one. That's where we're going to get into that whole discussion in a full-length forum, give you our opinions, give you all that entails that, plus a lot more great wrestling news and also some Ring of Honor talk as well. So you're not going to want to miss it that show and to find that show and a lot more make sure you don't forget to go check out w2mnet.com as well as subscribe to wrestling to the max on itunes or wherever you get your podcasts besides that we are out of here we will talk to you guys in the near future until then if you're not living life to the max you're not living life at all you know it please yeah The following podcast is a W2M Network original production. Visit W2Mnet.com for all of our other great podcasts, plus news, reviews, articles, and opinions from the worlds of wrestling, video games, football, and entertainment.